It is day three of Dafvav. We are holding the Gemara in Dafvav, Madalaf, eight lines up from the bottom of the page. The Gemara has been exploring a brisa which darshan, which expounded a pasuk that deals with verbal commitments. The pasuk said, That which comes out of your mouth from your lips, you have to guard and you have to do. As you made the nether to That which you spoke with your mouth. And we went through the entire b'risa, then we went through some questions on the first part of the b'risa. Today the Gemara comments on the last clause in the b'risa. The b'risa expounded the last word in the Pasuk, b'ficha. When the Pasuk says b'ficha, that which you committed with your mouth, zutzdaka. That's a reference to charity. The charity is included in the principle and the laws requiring one to pay a vow, fulfill a vow, and to do so on time. The Gemara says, Amarava Rava said, utzdaka michai valala alta. In contrast to the other commitments like a sacrifice where a person has three festivals, generally speaking, before they transgress the biblical prohibition of not delaying payment of their vow, when it comes to charity, a person is liable immediately, even before any of the festivals pass. It's different to everything else. You have to pay it immediately. My time, what's the reason? Because poor people are before us at all times and they need the charity without delay. And therefore the Mepharshim explain, in a case where a person didn't make a time specification on the amount of money he was going to give, he didn't say, I'm going to give this money by a certain date. He just said, I'm going to give a certain amount of money to charity without specifying the timeline. Then the obligation is for him to give it immediately because there are Ani and there are poor people who need the money. And therefore, if he doesn't do so, he is liable immediately on the prohibition of delaying payment of his vow. The Gemara asks, Pshita, is that not obvious? So the Gemara answers, Mao de Teimono, you might have thought, Kaven de Bitinyon de Korbanos Ksiva, since the Psukim that deal with the prohibition of delaying payment, that include the prohibition against delaying charity, is written, generally speaking, in the context of sacrifices. That's the predominant theme in the simple understanding of the Psukim. Therefore, you might think, you might think charity is therefore just like the main context and theme of the Psukim, which is in relation to sacrifices. Kamash therefore Rava comes to teach us that even though charity is basically embedded in a pasuk that deals with sacrifices nonetheless it's only in the case of sacrifices that the Torah made liability for delaying them contingent on the passage of several festivals passing but when it comes to charity liability is not contingent on the passing of any festivals because poor people are common and they need the charity immediately Rava now teaches us something else that concerns other vowed obligations. Amar Rava Rava taught. This is something that we learned already on Daf Dalad, that even though the negative prohibition of delaying payment of a vow only takes place, only kicks in after three festivals, when it comes to the positive requirement that one fulfill payment of a vow in a timely manner, that already is required at the first available opportunity, in other words, the first festival that a person encounters after making their vow. So Rava essentially repeats this teaching. Once one festival has passed after the time a person made the verbal commitment to bring a sacrifice, to make a vow, a person is liable for having failed to observe a positive commandment. And Rashi quotes that which we quoted in the Gemara and Daftarad as well. The Torah says, You should come there to the Beis HaMikdash and you should bring there the offerings that you committed to bring. The Torah implies 
that there is a positive mitzvah, a requirement to bring the korban as soon as you have the opportunity to do so when you next come to the Beis Amikdash. And therefore, if a person a week before Pesach makes a commitment to bring a korban to the Beis Amikdash, he should bring it on Pesach. Even though he's not liable for transgressing the negative prohibition of delaying payment of his vow until Pesach, Shavuos and Sukkot have passed, nonetheless, if he lets Pesach go by without offering it, he has missed the opportunity to fulfill the assay and he's transgressed that assay, that positive requirement to bring the korban immediately. The Gemara now challenges this ruling. The Gemara says Meisvei. They challenged it from the following Mishnah. This is the Mishnah in Adius and also in Tamura. The Mishnah, just by way of background, is dealing with a dispute between Tanaim. The Tanaim dispute if someone designates an animal as a Shlomim and then it's found that the animal was pregnant or after it was designated as a Shlomim, the animal became pregnant and then it had that child. It gave birth to that child. What is the status of the child? Is the child also a Shlomim or not? So on this, the Tanaim argue, and these Tanaim in the Mishnah and Adias come to support one of those two views. The following Mishnah says, Hey, it's Rabbi Yeshua of Rav Papias. Rabbi Yeshua and Rav Papias testified, Avlad Shlomim, Sheikarif Shlomim, about the offspring of a Shlomim, that it should also be offered as a Shlomim. They wanted to support the view that it sh- the child should be offered as a Shlomim. Amar Rabbi Papias, Rabbi Papias said, Ani Meir, I testify. I testify that it once happened. We had a cow that was a shlomim sacrifice. And we ate it on Pesach. And we ate its offspring, the child, as a shlomim on Chag. What is Chag? So normally Chag refers to Sukkot. So we ate the Korban Shlomim, the parent, on Pesach. And then we ate the child as a shlomim on Sukkot. So Rabbi Papias primarily is coming to teach us in the context of that Mishnah a support for the view that the child of an animal that's a shlamim is also itself a shlamim. And he says, look, I can prove it to you from the story that I was involved in where the parent was offered as a shlamim on Pesach and the child was offered as a shlamim on Chag, which we understand to mean Sukkot. So therefore you see both animals, the parent and the child, were a shlamim. But the Gemara now says, wait a minute, if you look at the way Rabbi Papias describes the story in trying to prove that a child of a Shlomim is also a Shlomim, what did he say? The parent was offered on Pesach and the child was offered on Sukkot. But there's another Yom Tov between Pesach and Sukkot. There's also Shavuos. Why didn't they offer the child on Shavuos? So the Gemara now elaborates and specifies its question as I've just briefly described. Bishlam Abba Pesach Lava I understand why they didn't offer the child, the offspring of the cow on Pesach. In other words, on the same Yom Tov that they offered the parent. Eimur the Mechusas Manhava, because maybe it was still premature at that time. In other words, there's a requirement that any sacrifice needs to be eight days old when it's offered. Maybe the animal wasn't eight days old. Maybe it was only born on Pesach. The child, the baby, was born on Pesach. Then they offered the mother. And then by the end of Pesach, the baby wasn't eight days old yet. They couldn't offer it. And therefore, they had to wait until after Pesach. So I understand why they didn't offer it on Pesach. Why would they wait until Sukkot to offer the child? How could they let Shavuos go past and transgress the positive requirement, which we've said is a requirement, to bring the korban as soon as you can, i.e. at the first available festival, after you make the verbal commitment, after you make the vow, then how then could the people in Rabbi Papias' story, how could they delay and wait till Sukkot if Shavuos was right after seven weeks after Pesach? Why didn't they offer the animal then? So the Gemara says, should we not prove from here that there is no such requirement 
to offer the animal at the first available opportunity on a biblical level from a mitzvah, from a positive mitzvah point of view. It seems from the story that there is no such requirement at all. So the Gemara answers, two answers. Amr of Zvid Mishmei the Rava, Rav Zvid said in the name of Rava, the first answer. It was ill on Shavuos. Who was ill on Shavuos? Rashi says the animal was unwell on Shavuos. You can't offer an unwell animal. Other Rishonim say the owner was ill on Shavuos and he therefore, he was honest, it was extenuating circumstances, he couldn't offer the animal on Shavuos. Either way, either the animal or the owner was ill and therefore there was some reason why it couldn't be offered on Shavuos and that's why they waited until Sukkot. But really there is a requirement to offer the animal the first available opportunity at the first festival that comes after the verbal commitment, after the vow. Ravashi Amar Ravashi gives a different answer. What does the Brisa mean when it says we ate its offspring as a shlomim on the festival? When Rabbi Papia says that we ate the, the shlomim on Chag, it doesn't mean Sukkot, Chag HaShavuos, rather it means Shavuos. It doesn't mean Sukkot at all, it means Shavuos. And really there is a requirement to offer the animal the first available opportunity at the first Yom Tiv. But here, when we thought Chag meant Sukkot, it doesn't it mean Shavuos. So two answers, both answers agree that there is a requirement to offer the animal the first available opportunity, that's a mitzvah assay, and if you don't do so, you've transgressed the positive requirement to bring the animal the first available opportunity. Nonetheless, one of them answers that Chag doesn't mean Sukkot, it means Shavuos. The other one answers that either the animal or the owner were unwell on Shavuos, therefore they couldn't bring it on Shavuos, they had to wait till Sukkot. The Idr. The Gemara says, why didn't Rav Zvid give the answer of Rav Ashi? Rav Ashi said that Chag means Shavuos and not Sukkot. Why didn't Rav Zvid agree with that? Because he says, Whenever an author of a Brisa or a Mishnah uses the name Pesach with respect to Pesach, then he would use the name Atzeres when he refers to Shavuos. He wouldn't use the word Chag to refer to Shavuos. He would use the word Atzeres for Shavuos. And therefore, since he used the word Chag, that always is a reference to Sukkot when the Tana has used the word Pesach to refer to Pesach, Chag is always a reference to Sukkot, and therefore Ozvid was not comfortable saying that Chag meant Shavuos. He thinks Chag definitely here means Sukkot, and therefore he instead answered that the animal or the owner must have been unwell, and that's why they didn't offer the animal on Shavuos. We're going to hold it here for today. I wish you all a very good day.